pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 333. Today I'm going to chat with Brandy Carrison, discuss a new ruling on carry in post offices, highlight the new H6 from Hera, and talk about outrageous transaction searches conducted at the request of federal investigators. I'm your host, Abel Flanell. Brandy, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. Thanks for asking. You know, I can't help but think that this time, so when the show comes out, we will have already done SHOT Show and we will be back and we would have been back. I mean, I guess depending, I'm flying back from SHOT Show that Friday night and then I don't know when you're flying, but like two or, you know, a day or two later, this comes out. So yeah. I'm already like thinking like, man, future me is going to be so tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm coming back Friday as well. I think our flight leaves around four. So we'll be getting back into Atlanta at like 1130. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's going to be a, a long day. But that's kind of what I was thinking, too, is I'm just going to fly out. I think my flight's at like three or four. And I'm like, why stay another night? Like, I'd rather just like, you know what, pick up, go. And I'm there sooner. Like I did in your own bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I did shot show a little bit differently this year. Usually I'm there for like almost a full week. This time I did it where I'm flying in Monday morning. I think I touch ground at like 8.30 a.m. I'm going straight to Rain Shea for a little bit and then just kind of go, go, go. But I mean, I'm not going to lie. This year, like at SHOT Show, I am so booked. Like it seems like every minute of every second is, you know, there's something planned. And then on top of that, you know, you have your day plans, but then you have dinner and then you have the after party and I uh right now I'm I'm trying to pack and figure out all my outfits but I'm like literally picking out three outfits per day and it's just uh it's crazy but yeah that's why if you guys are wondering why am I doing this so far back it's because I already know that future me is going to be exhausted I'm not going to have time to record a podcast and a day and a half of being back. And I'm assuming that I may or may not be sick like most people usually are. So that's what's going on. But next episode, next week, I'm going to have a guest on and we're going to talk about SHOT Show and all of the cool things that we saw and share all that good stuff with you. So stay tuned for that. Before we start talking about Brandy, I want to take a quick break and talk about BSF Barrels. As you guys know, they make some really awesome carbon fiber barrels, but they also have you covered if you're into bolt guns and you can upgrade your bolt gun with a BSF barrel. So their barrels are in the same weight class as like low profile barrels, but because of the carbon fiber sleeving, they're rigid like a bull barrel. So they're going to give you a lot more accuracy, but not weigh a ton. The barrels are tuned down to low profiles, but then the roll-wrapped carbon fiber sleeve loads it under tension to give you that heavy barrel rigidity without the weight. 95% of the carbon fiber doesn't touch the barrel, so it doesn't even affect the accuracy. And then, like I said, it has ventilation slots to cool your barrel faster. I know a lot of people in the industry that have used BSF barrels, lots of competition shooters actually, and they've been really impressed with that barrel. So Definitely check it out, BSF Barrels, and don't forget to use the code ELITE15 
all one word, and you're going to get 50% off your entire order. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. All right. So, Brandy, I'm really excited to have you on. We've actually we've known each other for quite a few years now, I guess, as long as as long as I've essentially known Eric from Iraq Veteran 8888. And I wanted to have you on for a variety of different reasons. I guess we'll just address the elephant in the room. Um, So Eric is no longer my co-host and Brandy's taking over. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we we should at this point, right? Why am I relying on these guys, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. They are a little more no- knowledgeable about the gun industry. <laughs> I, I stay away from politics. And yeah. I don't really want to watch the news anymore. So yeah. I don't know if I'll be a very good co-host. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm starting to think. I'm like, you know, but anyways, you know, with people who are like in the public space, and you say something and you're like, eh, we really just want, you know, some privacy at this time. Or for example, I'm just going to say it. So you and Eric recently announced that you guys are getting a divorce. And then around the same time, Eric also realized that he didn't want to do the podcast with me anymore, which had nothing to do with anything that I did um, yeah. or like even my work ethic or anything like that. I know. And I want to say that we started the divorce like he asked me for a divorce way before yelling started the podcast so yeah. that you weren't even anything to do with the divorce. Yeah, <laughs> so. I know. So I just wanted to clear the air, you know, and just have people because I'm sure people are thinking like, oh, maybe I had an affair with, you know, or I had an affair. I wouldn't have an affair. So I'm not married, but, you know, hooked up with Eric, Eric or something. The affair, right. Yeah. I'm like, I, yeah, he would have been the one having the affair. And then, you know, if you found out and then I had to get the boot or he had to get off the podcast, that is not what happened. Brandy and I are on really good terms and we have been the entire time. And I knew about the divorce, obviously. And even when we were recording the show, a lot of times with Eric, I would kind of be like, oh, well, Brandy, you know, she may not like that, even though I already knew that you guys weren't even living together. But it was kind of like one of those things where I was like, I don't know what to do. So we're just going to act like they're still married. (laughs) But yeah, hopefully, I mean, I don't know. It just goes to show like you just you really never know what's going on in people's lives. And that's also why, like, sometimes you just got to be kind to each other because, you know, we're all kind of going through stuff that a lot of people know what somebody's going through right Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and then it doesn't help when it's you know intensified by the public all right so now that we address that and maybe we'll touch upon the divorce later on like i'll ask you a few other questions we'll see if we have time i'm not going to make it really about that i'm more interested in getting to know you and just finding out you know like everything that you've done i mean you've been in this industry for so long and you've made, you know, so many contacts, you have so many relationships. I mean, you know, more people than probably anyone in this industry. But I'm curious, like, how did you originally get into it? Because we were talking the other day, and you were saying like, oh, yeah, well, I used to do like competition. I was like, what? Like, that's kind of crazy. So I figured, you know what, like, everyone else would probably be curious to hear your story as well. Well, um, you know, this actually, you know, I've been on this podcast before, so I'm a repeat a guest to your podcast. I know. But, it's, um, you were like the first year when it first came out. Uh, exactly. It's been a minute. It's Yeah. Um, and it goes to show too, like how much I totally remember. Cause I'm like, man, I don't even remember what I ate for breakfast this morning. 
I don't remember what the podcast was about either, but I remember being really, really nervous. <laughs> um, so how did I get in the gun industry? Well, but we can go way, way, way back. I grew up in like very rural Georgia and we used to go hunting for our old food and stuff. And my uncles and uh, they were always going shooting and like target practicing and stuff like that. And so I have been actually shooting a gun at, at some sort of, I think I started out with BB guns and then graduated to like a 22. And I think I had a boyfriend at school one time because he used to bring his BB gun over to my house just so that we could shoot. <laughs> but um, I've been shooting probably since I was old enough to walk. So <laughs> I'm not a stranger to, you know, using firearms. And then when I was in school, I joined the ROTC and I started doing competition shooting then. And it was just so funny because the guns, yeah, you know, I weighed like a buck five and the guns were so heavy that they were like, are you going to be able to hold it up? <laughs> but I, I did very well. And I, I went to tournaments and uh, stuff like that. So I never really did. Like it wasn't something that I, I pursued after school, but I always have shot. I just didn't do any, any uh, more competition as I got older. And then fast forward to, you know, I met Eric and we got married and then I started shooting a little more and, and then we went to SHOT Show and started doing range days and all that fun stuff. So I just, I really have gathered like a huge sort of family in the 2A community and the social media realm. And, uh, and you guys, yeah, like, you guys started this, what, it's been 16 years now that you guys kind of um, started the like the channel together and all that started in 2008 um that was actually the we were one of the first i want to say 50 people to be invited into the youtube partner program where they started paying you for the advertisements and i remember you know back then you know eric he wasn't even working at the pawn shop yet i think he had a security job and his phone was pinging constantly and i was like what is all that noise why is your phone pinging he's like it's all these, you know, subscribers on the YouTube channel because he would work at night and during the day they were like recording videos and stuff. He would just record himself, you know, doing um, reloading or gunsmithing. And then they started going to the range and it was actually my camera they were using. It was like a Sony cyber shot or something. <laughs> yeah. But, like he just started getting all of these subscribers and I'm sh I finally made him turn off the notifications because it was getting too, too you know, yeah, it was on my nerves every time the phone would start pinging. Yeah. But yeah, we, once we started doing like the range days, that's when I really became like invested in getting to know all these people, you know, because we just wanted to be able to make relationships between or create relationships between the vendors and the creators and, and provided in a, an environment that was like very low stress. So mm -hmm. if anybody's that's listening has ever been to one of our range days, they know that they call it like the best, you know, the East coast shot show or their, their most favorite gun event of the year. Like I have so many people that say that. So yeah, that's, that's basically my baby. I pretty much by myself organize that entire event every year. Yeah. I don't think that people realize how much work you've done. And months and months it takes me to do that. Yeah. And like, well, I basically just show up, put stuff together, and I'm, I'm like legwork. Yeah. So I just tell everybody where to go, what to do. And how long ago did you start Range Day? 
um, I believe 2000, like we just had our 11th range day. Okay. So I think what, 2000, I don't even know. I can't math today. Yeah. It's uh, honestly, my brain is fried. I'm just like, (laughs) (sighs) huh? Okay. Nice. Yeah. I think it was 2012 in the the very first one was out in somebody's pasture up in Ball Ground, Georgia, and we had like a hundred people there. And then the second one, we had a friend who had a an airport uh, hangar in their in their property, and that was there was like two hundred people at that one. And then the third year, we had like three hundred people. So it's up to we have about five hundred to six hundred attendees every year. Wow, yeah, that's impressive. I have yet to go, and I tell you guys this every year. Like you've always sent me an invite. And I'm like, oh, like, I just kind of forget. I put it off like, yeah, maybe I'll go. And then it's like a week before. And I'm like, ah, crap, I didn't get it. And then I get this fear of like, then I'm going to go to middle of nowhere, Georgia, and I'm going to stay at some burp and slurp hotel. And <laughs> and I'm like, nah, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> Look, I'll give you this scoop. Next year or this year, 2024, when you come, we used to always collectively rent a big lake house, but Lake Hartwell was nearby. Mm-hmm. So I tell everybody, like, there's not that many hotels. Rent a lake house. The, the houses are gorgeous, and they're on the lake, and you can go. Like, there's even after parties that people have from our range day. Like, Brownells usually throw some sort of shindig, and I don't know, the guys from, uh, I don't remember where, but there's another group of guys. It's usually like the, just depends. It's a different group of guys every time, but yeah. I can't think of the company. Yeah, somebody's always throwing some sort of after party and people are, you know, barbecuing and drinking and stuff. And it's like, I don't know how you do that after being outside all day long. I just want to go home, take a bath and go to bed. Right. Well, especially can you I mean, can you imagine being in the Airbnb that's, you know, all (laughs) that party is taking place at like some of these people I can only imagine. It's funny. Um, Staying at the same house for like the past three or four years. So the people are always very, like, they leave me a little box with, like, s'mores and popcorn and, and some goodies and stuff. And, nice. you know, they'll let me go into the house early. And they know I'm not going to tear it up and I'm going to leave it in good shape. So I might repeat customer on theirs. I'm not sure what we'll be doing this year, but yeah. I don't know that I want to be staying in the same house this year. But yeah. We'll see. I mean, at it's least. we just have the whole crew stay in one house. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to work. Yeah. At least you don't have to hide it anymore, though, right? You don't have to be like, because yeah. I mean, essentially, Eric didn't want to say anything because he wasn't sure how, you know, people were going to react. And yeah, I know he asked for the divorce like two weeks before range day this last year. Yeah. And he was like, let's not tell anybody just yet. And that was like one of the most difficult things I've had to do my entire life was just pretend everything was OK. Yeah. I was I like, know. you'd have impeccable timing because. This is stressful. <laughs> I can only, well, yeah. And then I'm also thinking, I'm like, cool. And then Eric just announced that, you know, he can't do the show anymore. And I'm like, you're doing this right before shot show, like the week right before shot. Okay. That's cool. That's, that's great. Noted because <laughs> my stress levels aren't high enough. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I get it. You know what? I'm going to take a quick break, real quick. Talk about gators. Really looking forward to seeing my friends at Gators at uh, SHOT Show. They're actually doing their own little podcast series, I guess, at SHOT Show. And I'll be on with them doing that. So I'll definitely post it or direct you guys where to go when that's published. Uh, But in the meantime, definitely check out their glasses. I mean, they're 
freaking and amazing. I wear them literally every day, unless I don't leave my house, which is very rare. But when I get in my car, I'm putting on my sky hooks. Uh, anytime I'm at the range, depending if it's indoor or outdoor, I'm always wearing their glasses and I love them. So check it out. Use the URL gators.com forward slash Ava15 and you're going to get 15% off your entire order. Let's talk about something that you've been doing in the last two years that has really, really impressed me. And that is that you, I mean, you and Eric have both gotten into shape, but you're the one who actually started it. And then I think Eric was probably feeling left out, like, cool, I'm not this hot <laughs> wife and I'm going to be, you know, a little roly-poly. So then he jumped on board. But you essentially, right, It's it's been about two years now that you've started like your, I don't want to say weight loss journey because it's not always all about weight, even though you have dropped a significant amount of weight, but like I'd say your health journey. Yeah. Um, so I had a grandbaby in 2021 and I had a doctor's appointment to go to. And of course, I was tipping the scales at a pretty large number i'm not going to say what it was but you and i both know what it is and i went to the doctor one day and she looked at me and she's like look like i'm just going to be raw with you like if you don't lose some weight and lose it fast you're not going to be able to watch grandbaby grow up and nothing that anybody had ever said to me before scared me like that Mm -hmm. i had diabetes i had high cholesterol i had high blood pressure I mean, I just had this myriad of, of, of things that were like related to being overweight. But part of my excuse all these years was that, oh, I can't exercise because I have a heart condition. And she's like, yeah, that's just, that's a poor excuse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I had had a, a cardiologist tell me, don't do any strenuous exercise. So I had just got that in my head that I wasn't going to be able to exercise because I was too overweight when that's really just a, a myth, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. So after they told me that, it took me about a month to let that sink in. And in January of 2022, after, you know, years and years and years of trying to beg people to go with me to the gym because I just felt like I couldn't do it by myself. You know, I just can't go to the gym by myself. I I need somebody to help me. I need some, you know, motivation. Uh But I decided one day, like, I'm going to the gym and I'm going by myself and screw anybody else that don't want to go with me. So I started going to the gym pretty much seven days a week for like an hour to two hours a day. And then um, I decided on the doctor's recommendation in about March, I went to a bariatric surgeon. They explained the options to me and I had bariatric surgery, um, a gastric bypass in uh, August of 2022. And by the time I had surgery, they didn't tell me I had to, but by the time I had the surgery, I had dropped 25 pounds. Wow just from the working out and changing my eating habits. But they they wanted me to lose the weight more quickly than that. So since then, um, I still go to the gym five to seven days a week. I work out an hour or so. But since then, my total weight loss with the 25 before the surgery and afterwards is about 80 pounds. Wow, that's amazing. And I could chase my grandbaby around. And also I started doing, let's see, it was about... September, October, three months after I had the surgery, um, I started doing 5Ks and I, I did like 30 to 35 5Ks last year. That's crazy. That's it. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if I could do a 5K to be honest with you. I've never tried, but I also, I'm not really a runner. Anytime I run, I feel like I've smoked my entire life because my lungs are expanding in ways that they've never expanded and I feel like I'm going to die. 
And <laughs> I can't say that I can't, you know, but, or I won't say that I can't, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I would like to do it. It's just, uh, you know, I mean, it, it really just takes dedication and everybody says like, once you get over the initial hump, you know, and you kind of like learn to run and isn't that kind of such an odd saying that you have to learn how to run? Well, but it's one of those things where if you would have told me two years ago that I'd be running 5k, I would have laughed at you and said, I'm not running anywhere unless somebody's chasing me yeah. with a gun or a dog is chasing me. <laughs> you know, I'd have been like, me run? No way. But it's just something that it's like it gave me the motivation to keep doing better and to be better and to be more healthy and in shape. And of course, now, you know, I'm paying for it because my knee is blown out. So I can't do anything until I fix this knee. I can't do any more running. I still go to the gym, but I can't run right now um, yeah. because I'm, I got too much pain in one of my knees. And, you know, I told I just turned 50 recently. So we had a big party of people were like, well, you don't look 50. I said, well, I don't feel 50, but my knee feels about 80 right now. <laughs> <laughs> I did see your pictures on Facebook and I was like, dang, like you look amazing. I would have never guessed that you were 50. Oh, you thanks. definitely look really good. So keep, yeah, keep up whatever you're doing. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. It, they actually, I mean, most people, what they don't realize is even if like, you don't have to go to the the gym and do like all these things, like even if you just walked on the treadmill or you walked around your neighborhood every day, just a little bit here and there, it actually does so much. Like there's so much benefit to it. And I mean, I should take my own advice, but you know, you don't have to just, you know, go balls to the wall, like on it. You just you know, just take some baby steps here and there. And then eventually you're just like, wow, I actually feel so much better. And you kind of enjoy it. And then it becomes addictive. But yeah, I'm proud of you. Thank you. All right. Taking another quick break and talking about Mantis. Mantis is also going to be at SHOT Show. I'm interested to see if they're going to release anything new this year. Yeah, I don't know, because I, I know that there's a few things that they have up their sleeve. And I'm just like, hmm, is it now that they're going to, you know, release it? So either way, really excited. They're all good people over there. So I'm excited to see them, but also excited to see their products. But if you guys are looking to improve your shooting, definitely check out Mantis. They have all kinds of stuff. I mean, if you're just wanting to shoot, you know, at a target with a little laser thing, you know, a little laser cartridge in your gun. And it shows you the hits on the target and it'll tell you if you use it in conjunction with like the X2, X3 or X10. Uh, it'll also tell you exactly what you can do to improve those shots. Um, a lot of the stuff you could use together as well. But check it out. Figure out which one would serve you best and head on over to MantisX.com. Let's talk about SHOT Show. So what are like what are some of your plans at SHOT Show? Let's see. Well, I'm there on sort of official business, more or less for Media Lodge. Uh, Media Lodge has, I'm the one who picked the, uh, who was going to represent them during SHOT Show this year. And it just so happens that it's Eric and Chad. Mm -hmm. So we're going there to, you know, to work. But then I think I'm, I'm like you, I've been having to figure out what I'm going to wear and what I'm going to pack because I've got parties and dinners and all kinds of crap yeah after show after shot show activities to do and one of them i guess is uh the gundies i think you and i both are going to the gundies mm -hmm. 
And then there's the USCCA show or the party or the whatever that is. And Rigger's having their 75th anniversary get together. And and then I'm going to know there's so much stuff. I don't even know what they what it all is anymore. I know. I started out with just a couple things on the calendar. Now I have like multiple things on each day. I know. I was like, okay, well, if I finish dinner at a decent time or, well, thankfully dinner doesn't start until then. So I could do a happy hour real quick at these people. But then after, as soon as I leave, I'm going to have to run back to my hotel, change. Then it's party time. And then I'm like, cool. And then wake up and do it all over again. Like, you know, last year I didn't really go to any parties. I was just all business. But then I realized like I am kind of missing out by not going to a lot of these parties. But then, you know, I also I'm at this age where, you know, people also think I look fairly good for my age. I think people would be surprised. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, yeah, because I freaking sleep. OK. And I wear sunscreen. <laughs> But I definitely like my sleep and you can tell when I don't get sleep because I just look like, you know, like the walking dead. So, oh, you, you'd be surprised. I remember one year freaking, uh, Julie Golub, she was just like, oh girl, I could tell you were exhausted. And I was just like, oh really? Why? Cause I have freaking dark circles under my eyes. And I'm, you know, like by the end of shot show, everyone looks like zombies. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, I think it's one of those things. I think everyone has a love-hate relationship with SHOT Show at this point. Unless it's like your first time or, you know, maybe your first three years. But I think this is like the seventh or eighth year that I've done it. And I'm like, okay, you know. But like my biggest thing is I always want to walk around and find new products, new companies. And really just so I could have them come on the show and be a guest and tell their story and, you know, talk about their products and stuff. And then... What else? I'm also doing a segment there at SHOT Show for Pew Pew Panel. I just invited some people Mm -hmm. that I'm close to in the industry. Oh, in fact, we didn't even, I was going to say Chad is so nice to record it for me, but we didn't even announce who's actually taking over for Eric's position. And that is actually going to be Chad. Yeah. And really, I got to say, so Chad... You know, like as soon as once Eric said that he wasn't doing the show, I was kind of like, wow, this is great. This is, you know, because the first thing you think of is how is this going to look on me? Like, I'm sure people are going to think like I can't hold down a co-host to save my life. And for the record, Dalen and I actually talked to him this morning. Dalen and I were still on really good terms. You know, we weren't really getting the outcome that we wanted in a few different things. But even Dalen, he was like, hey, you know, if you need help with the show, I can come back you know, and kind of just like be a guest co-host for a little bit, which was really sweet of him. And I'm sure I'll see him at SHOT Show. But I was like, you know, this is, how is this going to look for me? Like, it's going to look like, oh, I'm like, you know, like hell to work with. (laughs) It was ironic that we both came up with the idea to ask Chad to be your new co-host about the same time. It was almost simultaneous. I know. Well, I also, I was like thinking, I wonder if people are going to think that I was bringing down Eric or his brand. So that's also not going to be a good look. Like, I'm sure people are just going to speculate and think the worst. And so I was like, you know what? Chad would be great because one, he's still a part of the brand. So that's not the case. That's not why he, you know, like checked out. knowledgeable too. Yeah. If anything, he's probably more knowledgeable. I hate to say it. Like, well, I, I somewhat hate to say it, but Chad is, I mean, he's like nerve all nerds when it comes to guns and like really knows like all the inner workings and, and just everything that there is. And then, 
you know, and he's just, he's like so well-mannered and like has a sense of humor. And I was just like, you know what, why not? That actually sounds like a really great idea. And so you and I jumped on the call with him and and he was, he was also one thing that I, I will say that I was really impressed with is just how like gracious he was about it. He just really appreciated the opportunity, which I was like, uh, no, thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> but yeah, well, you know, I, I've been torturing Chad for many years. I don't know if a lot of people know that he's my cousin um, and I'm his senior by about I don't know, nine years. So, you know, I could have just threatened him if he weren't the breed. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Giving him like a, you know, a swirly or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that is my new co-host. And guys, it would help significantly if you could tune in to Pew Pew panel. It will be coming out every Tuesday, but... This week, the show is going to be coming out Thursday because I'm recording at SHOT Show and, and we'll post the video after. So I think probably Friday by the time it gets up. So we'll be a little bit late this week. And then Chad should be on the following episode after that. And you can watch it on YouTube. It's actually, you know, includes video or you can find us where you find Gun Funny and, and all that good stuff. I'm trying to think, let's see, what else can we talk about if there's anything else I know we were thinking that maybe it would be cool if you came to Colorado and we did some stuff together. I mean, it'd be cool to just like for you to meet my dad and to see the museum and stuff. Or, yeah, you know, if you took one of, I mean, I was going to say you could take one of my classes. I know you've been busy and you're like, oh, I haven't shot in a little while. But like, I mean, hell, you could probably teach me a thing or two. But yeah, I think oh, I need a break. So that would be fun. I know. I know. I need some time away from this desk. <laughs> yeah, I know. I get it. Yeah. So we need a plan for you to come to Colorado and Definitely. us to have some fun. And then just to kind of wrap it up, I mean, is there any like future plans that you can share with us? Really? Not at this time other than I have another grandbaby on the way. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so that'll be number two. My oldest grandchild just turned two in October and he's the fitting image and also the you know the like twin of his father's attitude so <laughs> it's like it's like fun watching my son say was I really that bad yeah like, <laughs> that's cute I've seen like tons of snapchats of your grandson and he's like the cutest he's oh, so freaking he is, cute he is very entertaining too because he's so smart like he he picks up on everything you say and then later on you'll hear him saying those things. Like I didn't realize some of the things that I say and do until yeah. I started hearing him do the same things. And I was like, I think he got that from me because you'll ask him a question and he'll say, I am, or I do, or I will. Yeah. And then I started realizing that I do that all yeah. the time. Like, are you going to shop show? I am. <laughs> it's, no. like, it's just funny to hear him like mimic things that he observes from other people. Yeah. That's funny. So, huh. Very cute. So I, the next grandbaby, we don't know what it's going to be yet, but, you know, I'm partial to little boys. Like, I love hanging out with little boys because I'm not real girly. I'm a tomboy at heart. You know, I am the get dirt under your fingernails and, you know, go out and play in the dirt and, you know, pick, dig up worms. And like, I'm I'm that kind of girl. Like, I'm just a, a, a very big yeah. tomboyish kind of person. I'm not real feminine, but... Except for when it needs to be, of course. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't know what I would do with a granddaughter. I would be like, what do I do? You yeah. want to do what? You want to wear what? And I, <laughs> I don't know how to 
had bow ties and pigtails. Like, come on. Yeah. You never know. I mean, you might be like, oh, wow, okay, I kind of enjoy this. This is kind of nice, you know. Yeah, but It's going to be like having a Barbie again. I know, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, dress her up pretty. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. We don't know if it's a boy or girl yet, so it's too early to, yeah. to you know, make those assumptions. <laughs> but yes. we're all kind of like both of my daughter-in-laws and my, you know, we're, we're all three kind of just low-key, you know, not high-maintenance. You know, we go out without makeup on and, you know, wear our sweatpants or whatever to the grocery store. We don't care. And mm. it's like, like, so, my, my so you don't, you don't pregnant. put on a bunch of makeup before you go to the grocery store? No, not at all. I barely wear makeup <laughs> anytime, but you know, for her, she doesn't like paint, you know, and she likes to just be comfortable. And she's like, if I have a granddaughter, I mean, a daughter, it's going to be like the most girly girl and I'm not going to know what to do with her. <laughs> Cute. I was like, no, we'll have fun with that, but yeah, who knows? While well, it's healthy, and yeah. even if if it's got a problem, whatever, you know, you're still gonna love the baby. Mm-hmm. You do what you have to do, but it's just like we're just we're just hoping for healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, congratulations on that. For anyone who wants to follow you on social media, I mean, would you mind if they followed you on social media if they were interested? No, not at all. Let's see, I'm on Instagram. I think it's Brandy underscore Ivy eighty eight eighty eight. My Facebook, I don't know, it's my name. I'm, a, you know, mostly, I have a lot of industry friends on Facebook because I kind of link that to the uh, range day. So they usually will friend me and, you know, we stay in touch and stuff. But then that also gets me to where I can add them to the exclusive range day list. Yeah. Um, I'm on TikTok, but I'm not real active there. I'm on, you know, Snapchat. But I don't post a lot of stuff, but, you know, yeah. find me wherever. Instagram is probably the biggest thing. It's where I post, you know, some stuff, but I don't know. I'm not real active in social media like you would think because, you know, that's been my life for the past, you know, 15 years. So Mm -hmm. I kind of, people like, well, did you see what I posted on Instagram? Like, no, I'll go look. (laughs) But I'm there. Yeah. If you're you're interested, you can say, hey, I'm I'm friendly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Perfect. All right. Well, moving on with the rest of the show, IWI. If you guys want to check out the Carmel, I would highly recommend it. It's been a year now that it's been out. I have one. It's one of my favorite guns to shoot. And it comes with, I mean, just all kinds of upgrades. If you guys aren't familiar with it, it's a short stroke gas piston rifle with locking rotating bolt system for maximum safety and reliability. It comes with an M-Lock 4N that you can install accessories at like either the 3, 6, or 9 position. It has a cold hammer forged chrome lined 16 inch free floated barrel for accuracy and long life. And it has a full length top rail. The side charging handle is reversible, super easy to do. I was able to do it within a few seconds. It has a folding stock, and then it also has an adjustable cheek riser, and then a two position gas regulator for normal and suppressed. And it shoots so great. I mean, very little recoil, feels like you're shooting a 22. Check it out, IWI.us. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15, all one word, and that's getting you 15% off your entire order. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. 
Today in politics, ban on guns in post offices. Back in September of 2022, postal inspector agents tried to apprehend Emmanuel, I don't even know how to say this last name, Ayala. I don't know either. I'm going to say Ayala, <laughs> an employee of the oh, post. Emmanuel. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, we'll just call him Emmanuel. That's great. Who is an employee of the Postal Service for carrying a firearm on postal premises in Florida. Emmanuel had a valid concealed carry permit in Florida. He fled postal inspector agents. So a resisting arrest charge was added, which I don't know why he fled. Honestly, I was kind of like, I mean, there is some things with the story. Like, I obviously I always have, you know, the best interest of people who are exercising the Second Amendment rights. But then sometimes you read these articles and you're just like, all right, there's already some things that like for me in Colorado, and I would assume that it's almost nationwide that you can't carry in government institutions, which would be the post office. So that's why I'm like, you know, he should have actually probably known that as far as that law and it being extremely dumb. That's another story. And then ironically, I don't know if people realize this, but you can mail a gun through the post office, but you can't go into the building with the gun. So I'm like, well, are they trying to set you up for failure? Because how do you get it to the building? (laughs) Didn't the government like separate from the post office at some point? No, it's still. Is it still government? Oh, because I thought it was not for some reason. Yeah, I used to work at a post office back in. It was like one of my first jobs out of high school. And I carried mail. And I will tell you that sometimes it gets scary. I wish I would have, you know, had a weapon on me. There's oh, yeah. Or there was some little rogue dogs or or there was like some creepy people. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, like, dang, I wish I had more than this pepper spray. <laughs> I know. I know. So, OK, so basically, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if, if it actually I, I, I believe it's still government, but that's a good question. Now I'm like starting to second guess it. So basically all this happened when it finally got to court. Emmanuel, he filed a motion to dismiss the case, citing the Bruin decision on January 5th of 2023. Bruin requires in Second Amendment cases that historical precedent must be established for any Second Amendment restrictions. The government lawyers instead only pointed to earlier cases where they had been allowed to punish the bearing of arms in government buildings. So it must still be a government building. Bruin is clear, though. It must point to historical principles that permit prohibiting firearms possession in post offices. U.S. District Court Judge Catherine Mizell dismissed the charges against him because it violated Emanuel's Second Amendment rights and the government did not attempt to establish historical precedent for restricting firearms in post offices. In fact, the opposite is the case. Judge Mizell noted in her filing, quote, since the post office's creation, Mail carriers have faced the risk of violence. Passengers of 19th century stagecoaches, which carried mail, risk death or injury if coaches were attacked by robbers or Indians. Congresses even appropriated funds for postal workers to defend themselves and the mail they carried. Even when trains were commonly robbed, the government never tried to ban firearms to protect employees. So or secure mail delivery. Instead, the Postmaster General armed railway mail clerks with government-issued pistols. The current ban on firearms in post offices was only put into place in 1972. So in other words, it's kind of still fairly recent and does not meet the present for historical restrictions under the requirements dictated by Bruin. Emmanuel still faces the resisting arrest charge, which he is still arguing is mute because the arrest 
where he fled was unconstitutional, which I mean, I don't know. I think the minute you start running, that's it's questionable. Yeah. While this case is encouraging, it's an individual case and does not strike anything down as far as the ban goes. It's just dismissing those charges. But in other words, the restriction is still there for everyone. So stay tuned. But this does make me wonder. So if, I mean, I don't know, I, I guess I didn't think about this, but, you know, whether you work at the post office or you're just a civilian stepping foot into a post office, I guess the same applies that you can't have a, a gun. But, you know, I mean, even like you mentioned, when you worked at the post office, what people don't realize is like even when you did it, a lot of the mail deliveries were on foot. And we still see that in a lot of neighborhoods. Like I'll constantly see where, you know, a mailman is delivering things, you know. So because my my routes were all walking routes. So you would park the truck, load up your bag, walk a big loop, you know, do all the deliveries, come back to the truck, load your bag up again. They call them, um, oh, now I can't remember what they call them. Like all the loops, I think is what they call them. So you would yeah. go and do your four or five loop from one location. Then you'd get your truck and move it to somewhere else and start over and do more loops. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So you, I, you meet some creepy people out there. My worst, the worst thing I ever had to deal with, uh, and this is a joke, just so people will know, is sometimes I would get stuck walking behind the garbage truck on garbage day. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, oh, the smell. Yeah, I could only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Like, I want to walk a little faster. Let me get past this truck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know. It's just it's another dumb law that makes absolutely no sense. And by the way, you know, I know it's technically a government building, but they do not house metal detectors. So does that fall underneath? Hey, I can conceal carry if I have a permit or does it, you know, or is it still illegal to go in there? I guess it I guess. Yeah, so I'm, I'm assuming it depends per state because even Colorado, so you can't go into a government building, but you also can't go into a building that has a metal detector at the entrance. So I don't know. I mean, from my understanding, I would think that because it's a government building and it's probably, you know, it's nationwide that the same law applies for any state regardless that you just, you know. But then, I mean, that said, I know like here personally in Colorado, then I'm assuming it's probably like this everywhere else. But in the emergency room in hospitals, employees can't carry guns on them. But I've trained so many people that work in the emergency room. And they've told me, you know, that, hey, if they get found with a gun on them, that their job's going to be terminated. Yep. But that said, they're like, we see so many crazy things that they're like, I would rather still have my life, yep. you know, than my job. Yeah, I don't know if maybe this guy was just like, screw it. Like, I see way too many crazy people. And then maybe it was, you know, around the holidays or something. People were like, I need to get this package out. Yeah, who knows? So, who knows? And I, I know what you're saying about the emergency room and medical services, too. Because in, you know, I've, I've worked in an ambulance and I worked in an emergency room. And, yeah, they they are strictly against you having a weapon. But, you know, you can kind of get away with a little bit in as far as, like, some sort of weapon. Because... A, when you're in the ambulance or when you're in the, you know, the emergency room, you have to be able to cut things open. So, you know, you, I would have a knife in my pocket so that I could cut open, you know, certain things or, you yeah. know, cut. Sometimes you have to cut a seat belt or something like that or cut clothes off of people. So then you're not going to use a knife for that. You can use scissors. But, you know, having a knife on you for other reasons, sometimes it's like that gray area. Yeah. 
it's definitely not a fire. Okay, you, know, you get you get in trouble carrying a firearm in on your person if you're medical personnel for sure. That makes sense. Yeah, so that's that's good to know for anybody who works in that area. This segment is brought to you from Rose by Sig Sauer. I'm here with Amy Kruger, and we also met at the Nashville Rose Retreat. Amy, super excited to have you on. Let's start with the first question. Why did you do the Rose Retreat? So I actually was um, lucky enough to get invited to go on the Rose Retreat um, by Sig Sauer, by the community. Myself and one other person got picked uh, because we were the most active in the Facebook group in the community. And I do not really know any other women. Um, I live in Texas. I don't know any women in my friend's group that are um, in the, you know, in the 2A community. And I wanted to just kind of connect and uh, meet other women, you know, that support that cause. And it also looked like an epic once in a lifetime experience. And it definitely was. Yeah, absolutely. So that's really cool that you were invited. How did you find the Facebook group? Was it, you know, did you purchase the rose and like, did it have like something in there that told you about the community Facebook group or what, you know, how did you uh, stumble upon it? So oddly enough, Facebook actually suggested it to me, huh? which really made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Facebook loves to virtue signal. So yeah, absolutely. I'm assuming that you have the Sig Rose then. Yes. Um, I actually have two of them. I, um, I have the nine and the 380. Um, I did purchase the 380. Very cool. Okay. And then what was your firearm experience before the retreat? So before the retreat, um, I had actually only had about three lessons and that included getting uh, my concealed carry license. So now in Texas, you don't have to have a license anymore. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I didn't get mine until like maybe three or four years ago. And at that time, you did have to have one. <laughs> and I did not know anything about like where to start. And I was so silly. I had never shot a gun before. And I decided I was going to get my concealed carry license. <laughs> and so the instructor, I, I knew I wanted to take it from a female instructor. And she was super awesome. She, when I told her I never shot a gun before, instead of getting upset or anything, she's like, you know what, we're just going to rework the lesson. And we spent the whole first day learning how to shoot. Nice. And then I didn't start carrying until really last year. So yeah, I was, I'm still really new, mm -hmm. but I was still, I was, yeah, I was really still pretty new at the Rose Retreat. Well, okay. So not to make you feel bad because you would be surprised how many people actually don't have any experience when they're taking the class. And that's why in my classes, I always group together basic pistol and concealed carry because most people or, you know, maybe they've only shot maybe a handful of times, if that. So it's actually not totally uncommon, but I've noticed, you know, very much like you, a lot of people get their concealed carry permit and then they'll kind of wait until they're more comfortable to actually start carrying, you know, which was great. So with that said, which I'm actually, I'm kind of excited that you didn't really have as much experience because I'm curious if you felt like, you know, you learned quite a bit from the Rose Tree and doing the rain session with Lena and uh, and then even the classroom portion where we took the gun apart and cleaned it and all of that good stuff. I I did. I actually did 
learn a lot. I was especially thankful for the cleaning class because I have never cleaned a gun before. Mm -hmm. And the only other gun that I have, well, I shouldn't say that. I have two, but one I've never even shot because it's a joke. Um, I bought a little teeny tiny gun. I bought um, LCP Max. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and after I got it home, I was like, why did I buy this? <laughs> well, you, you might be surprised, though, after having a little bit more experience with the P365 and just like feeling comfortable that you can really kind of just shoot anything, you might you know, be able to go back to that. It's not going to be pleasant. It's going to be a little bit snappier, but you might be surprised that like, okay, this is a little bit better, but I can't tell you how many times people come in, they've never shot a gun before and they decide to go out and buy the Ruger LCP. And I'm just like, Ugh, all right, like this is going to be, I don't know what's worse, you know, them coming in with a big 1911 chambered in right. 45 or this little tiny snappy pistol. <laughs> well, I will say that I was quite intimidated when I was getting my license because I did not have a gun yet. And that was one of the questions she asked when you filled out the questionnaire about information she needed about you, you know, before you started the class. And so I shot with her competition pistol, which was huge. Nah. <laughs> or huge. But she was like, I know it looks intimidating, she said, but you're actually, when you get done, you're going to appreciate. Yeah. Uh, and she explained, you know, the energy has to have somewhere to go. And I was like, you know, I never really thought about it like that. And it makes total sense. Yeah. But back to the cleaning class, I was super happy about getting to take that because the first real, what I consider my first real gun <laughs> that I purchased was a Walther PDPF. Okay. And that one is kind of intimidating because you have to pull the trigger mm -hmm. to break it down. And I knew that. And so I hadn't cleaned it yet <laughs> because of that. But I also knew like, you know, yes, I could take it in and get it cleaned, but I don't want to be that person. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. That's just not for me. Like, I want to know how to do it. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And I, I didn't have anybody in my life to show me. So it was great to, to be able to have that class. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. I was really fearful of taking my gun apart and, you know, cleaning it. Cause I'm like, man, I'm going to be that jerk that shows up with a box with, you know, all my parts in it, asking the person at the gun store to put it back together for me. I completely understand. It was great that, you know, the retreat offered that. All I was right. terrified that was going to be me. I was yeah. just going to happen to me because I was going to have it in the box. Like, can you fix this, please? Yeah, absolutely. Amy, thank you so much for sharing this with us. Guys, if you want to listen to more about Amy's experience, listen to the next two segments. But in the meantime, if you guys want to check out the Sig Rose, head on over to sigsour.com forward slash rose. And then feel free to join the community Facebook group which all you have to do is search for Rose Community. All right, Caldwell. If you're in need of a rest, check out Caldwell. So they have a ton of options, including their signature lead sleds for rock solid shooting rests to zero your gun in. They also have the fire control rests, which give you a similar rock solid rest, but you can adjust the front fast with only like one hand while you maintain your shooting position. 
It gives you up to 60 inches of windage and elevation adjustment at 100 yards so you can rapidly adjust your aim on the range. They have two different versions, one with just the front rest and one that includes a rest for the rear of the rifle. MSRP starts at $299, but you're not going to pay that because you'll use the code GUNFUNNY10, all one word. That's going to get you 10% off your entire order, and that is CaldwellShooting.com. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Hera H6 announced. So 10 months ago, Hera announced the new H6 repeating rifle, which I'm going to be completely honest. I don't think I've ever heard or seen Hera before. Maybe that will change when I go to SHOT Show because I'm sure that a lot of people are going to want to check out this rifle, myself included, but I don't know. I mean, unless I'm drawing a blank, but it's essentially it's a bolt gun designed with air style parts, including magazines with one big twist. The magazine loads horizontally from the left side. While this might sound really odd, it's pretty ideal for shooting prone as a standard 30 round mag obviously will prevent you from, you know, getting really low when shooting on the ground like you would with an AR. They got like a ton of feedback, I guess, after introducing it and went back to the drawing board to address them. It comes in 223, but they're also going to be releasing it in 300 Blackout soon. It features a nice PRS style stock with a cheek riser that is also foldable. Folded, it's only 31 inches, making it packable in a backpack. The chassis is polymer with an internal steel frame. It has a full-length top rail and free-floated M-Lock forend with sling attachment points in multiple places. The shape's a game-changer uh, compared to like other mag-fed guns since you can get more of a stable position on packs or barricades. And then the forend has options for bipod, arca rails, and more. And it doesn't say what MSRP is, but they're saying that this will be available for ship starting in the spring. I'll definitely have to check this out at SHOT Show. I looked it up. It has a very unique shape for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually, I'm not against anything that's like completely different either. And it does make sense because have you ever even, you know what, forget prone. Let's say if you're not, you know, you're not one to shoot like on your stomach. But even if you're shooting like on a table and you have a 30 round mag, that also is kind of a pain sometimes. Mm -hmm. So this actually, I mean, it's not a bad design. And then if it's, you know, if it's reliable and the price is, you know, decent. I wonder if they're going to be an industry date, the range would be interesting to get behind it and yeah. try it out. Yeah. I feel like it, it would be kind of weird. Like at first you're just like, okay, wait, the mag and, you know, because you're just so used to inserting the mag from the bottom. But I feel like it's one of those things where it wouldn't take that long for you to just kind of get used to and adapt to. Neat. Yeah. Smith & Wesson. Before the show started, Brandy, you actually mentioned that your carry gun is an MMP shield, which I thought was, you know, I was pretty impressed with that. Just because, I mean, I typically sometimes think like the shields are a little bit heavier or maybe a little bit bigger. Um, it is very narrow though, and it's real easy to conceal. Yeah. Um, I like that it has, you know, a larger capacity than some of the smaller, you know, pistols that 
well, typically like, for instance, like an LCP or something like that, that's, you know, people think that are easier to conceal, but I really like the NNP and I have the performance center model with the uh, fiber optic sites and it makes it just really easy to, you know, sight in on your target. But yeah, I don't know. I just really enjoy it. It's not, it's not cumbersome to me. It's easy to conceal and, you know, I don't mind the weight. You know, mm-hmm. the, the at all. So. Well, and I'm sure also you're able to shoot it better because it has a little oh, bit of way to it, as opposed to you know, it just kind of like feeling like a little hand cannon. So yeah, it doesn't have a lot of snappy recoil. It has got a little bit of extra weight on it, and I have an inside the waistband holster that I carry. You know, on my side, I don't like appendix carry, mm-hmm. so I have it a little more around to the you know my hip area, and um, you know, it, it's really easy to conceal. Nobody ever knows I'm carrying. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I'm a 50 year old woman, so probably nobody expecting me. I'm a grandma. That's funny. <laughs> Cute. All right. Awesome. Well, if you guys want to check out Smith and Wesson's guns, head on over to smith wesson.com. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. Fed search list for banks. Congressman Jim Jordan revealed this week that federal investigators asked banks to search and filter customer transactions by using terms like MAGA and Trump as part of an investigation after January 6th. While that alone is troubling enough, they went much further with it. Jordan said the documents obtained by the Committee on the Weaponization of Government show that the Treasury Department's Office of Stakeholder Integration and Engagement in the Strategic Operations of the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, or let's just say FinCEN, because that's a freaking mouthful, distributed materials to financial institutions that outlined typologies of persons of interest and provided suggested search terms and merchant category codes to identify persons as suspicious. Purchasing bus tickets, rental cars, or plane tickets to areas with no apparent purpose or purchasing books including religious texts such as the Bible or subscriptions to other media containing extremist views. In other words, any conservative content gets you flagged, which I'm kind of like laughing. I'm like, so... Like you get your flag for purchasing and reading the Bible. Okay. Bible. All right. Yeah. They also included their analysis of lone actor, homegrown, violent extremism indicators for profiling potential active shooters or terrorists. That guide includes MCC codes like 3484, small arms, 5091, sporting and recreational goods and supplies, along with the keywords. Cabela's Dick Sporting Goods, which is laughable because we all know Dick's doesn't really sell, you know, cool guns anymore. Bass Pro Shops and numerous others. Basically, Basically, FinCEN, that that mouthful of a a word, (laughs) ask financial institutions to search through your private transactions and flag you for political or religious reasons and for expressing or exercising constitutionally protected rights. And they did this without any warrants. They just asked and banks gave them the results of the search with no legal requirement to do so, which is crazy. Wow. Uh, it's crazy. I know. Bank of America alone reported 211 people to the FBI using this criteria, 
Only a single one of them was questioned, not a single arrest, but the FBI is building a list. You can bet there are a lot more names from other banks. Banks and the FBI declined to comment. Jordan is asking the FBI to testify on this outrageous, quote, mass accumulation and use of America's private information without legal purposes. This whole thing is just like so crazy and it kind of makes you never want to pay for anything with a credit card. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think moving forward, anybody who's listening, like when you do purchase guns, especially locally, I would pay with cash. You know, I mean, it doesn't even pay to put it on a credit card anymore. Yeah. And I'm so sick of hearing this crap about January 6th. Like, when are they going to put that to rent? Oh, I know. I know. Trump alone. I mean, golly. I know. It's so crazy. I mean, and then also, it's just, it's interesting to see like what they direct their attention on when I'm still thinking, I'm like, okay, so we're past January 1st, Epstein's list. Uh, why are yeah. we not talking more about that? You know, like things that are like a lot more important and involves, you know, all these people that we think are probably decent people and they're really like child traffickers and, you know, sex no, don't like we started <laughs> yeah i know i'm like i could just go on and on and on but pretty crazy all right well because this is in the future but we're still in the past i'm not reading reviews but i will once i get 10 i'm gonna pick a lucky winner for a prize and now it's time to wrap up uh you guys can find me at gun funny definitely check out pew pew panel just search for pew pew panel on either youtube or you could even go to the website pewpewpanel.com really appreciate you guys tuning into that we have some really good topics uh, that we'll be covering here in the next few weeks and if you enjoy the show and you want to support it consider becoming a patreon you can do so by going to gunfunny.com click on the support the show link and then you would make a donation. And then also Blown Deadline. He does some of the best Cerakote jobs in the gun industry. He's giving away a $300 gift certificate every month to a lucky Patreon. And then I would also like to thank the $25 Patreons who are Sake Holsters, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Callamore, Daniel Lee, Nick Theodosian, Tristan Smith, Melissa Ridings, and William Nave. And then King of the Patreon is Jon Snow. And Brandy, thank you so much for joining me and just for your support and just being a good friend and just another another female in the industry that, you know, that's kicking butt. Thank you for having me on. And of course, you know, I anything that I can do for you, let me know. Anything, you know, if I need help, I can call you. I mean, we kind of stick together. We. Yeah. Does this mean that when I'm hungover at SHOT Show and it's like 9 a.m. the next day and I'm like, Brandy, I need some Advil. (laughs) You got it, girl. I don't drink, so. Oh, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Like, ha ha, you're hungover. Here's your Advil. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, I'm just a little tired. Get out there. I'm so important. That's funny. You're like, I'm just a little sleepy, but, you know, I'm fine. I'm like, oh, well, cool. I was, you know, chugging those shots over there. No, actually, that said, um, I haven't really been drinking at all lately because it just it ages you. It, I mean, it really does like some pretty crappy things to your body. And I'm all about like trying to preserve my youth at this point. So I've been. Yeah, I mean, I, that's not saying I'm not going to drink because, you know, I'm with all my industry friends and stuff, but I probably won't drink that much. You're definitely not going to see me drunk at Shasha or anything like that. OK, but, I'm going to hold you to that. Oh, yeah, you definitely can. Trust me. 
Not to mention if I have a hangover, it does not last a day. Like that would be great. It lasts like an entire week and it's just not, it's not worth it. I can't remember the last time I was pulled over or, or even drunk. I believe it was, oh my gosh, it was like my 30th. It was right before my 30th birthday. It was that New Year's Eve before my 30th birthday. Dang. And I got so drunk that I, I went out to go. I was I wanted to leave, but I couldn't drive. And I told I called a friend of mine that was a police officer, and I was like, please come and get me and take me home. <laughs> like, you're out of my jurisdiction. I can't. And I'm like, what's that here? These people are weird. <laughs> That's funny. Dang, that was a long time ago. I wish I could say the same. Mine was like a few months ago, but whatever. <laughs> but all right. Well, on that note, I will say you. <laughs> yeah, I know. A long time. All right, guys. I will see you next week. Brandy, I will see you in a few days. And guys, I will talk to you later. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.